Being a mother is difficult, it is hard, and I think it is underappreciated. I'll tell you, this week as I was preparing, I uh, came across a little article where this website called salary.com had tried to formulate what a mother's annual salary should be, right? So salary.com, they, they actually do this for companies and for businesses. They take all these analytics and, and comparative jobs and all these things, and they try to build what, uh, uh, they, uh, what, what a suggested salary would be for a particular job. So they tried to do that for a mom, considering everything that a mom does, does and they came up with a number. I don't know how you'll feel about the number. Here's the number. I thought it was a pretty decent income, $162,000 a year is what they said. And I thought, that's not a bad living. And so here's some of the jobs that they said a mom has to thrive in as she raises her children. See if you identify with any of these. Academic advisor, judge, teacher, tailor, facilities director, event planner, photographer, art director, accountant, dietitian, and executive chef, athletic director, interior designer, tax expert, plumber, staff nurse, coach, executive housekeeper, social media manager, principal and vice principal, groundskeeper, bookkeeper, and full-time family therapist. And I thought, yep, I've seen her, I've seen Carrie exercise every one of those at some point. That's a lot, right? I know, ladies, I know that in all of that, it can have, it can be exhausting, it can be discouraging. And I want to tell you, whether this morning you feel like you are just killing it and thriving at this motherhood thing, or you're struggling a little or somewhere in between, I I do believe God's Word has some guidance and some encouragement for us today. And so I want us to look together. And I think this Word is for the church. I think it's for all of us this morning. So I want us to look together at probably what is the most famous passage in the Bible that speaks to what it means to be a godly Uh, mom and woman. So grab your Bible, go with me to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31. And uh, as you're turning there, uh, just some uh, uh, info about Proverbs. We know that this was written by Solomon. Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. And we know that Solomon became king after David, right? That he was wise. You remember in 1 Samuel chapter 3, Uh, God said, whatever you ask for, and Solomon asked for wisdom, and God made him the wisest and richest man on the planet. He was also famous for having 700 wives, which immediately makes you question the wisdom, right? Makes you go, "Mm, just, I'm not sure. Uh, I told Ben earlier this week, I promise you not one of those girls was from Gilmer, because Gilmer girl ain't putting up with that. And so... uh, 700 wives. I don't know how wise that is. That's a lot of anniversaries to remember. <laughs> it's so, But truly we know that God had given Solomon uh, almost a supernatural discernment and wisdom that he used to govern and lead the people of God. And it's from that wisdom that we get the book of Proverbs. And we're going to start by reading around verse 25 of verse 31. But, but before we do that, I want to draw your attention to the very first verse. I think there's something really interesting here. In Proverbs 31.1, it says, The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Now, you're wondering why that's important, right? And you're immediately thinking, now wait a minute. I thought Solomon wrote Proverbs. This is the words of King Lemuel. 
So why are we looking at this? Because of all the kings in the history of Israel and Judah, there's never been a king named Lemuel. So who is this guy? Who is King Lemuel? Right? And, and I will tell you, in reading this week, I found out there are tons of varying opinions about who this is, but the majority of theologians believe that this was another name for Solomon, probably a name that only his mother used to call him. And so um, when you consider that, it begins to shape the rest of chapter 31, because if we do stand in agreement that this is Solomon, that means that this oracle, this teaching was taught to Solomon by his mother Bathsheba. Now, we know the story of Bathsheba, right? We know how she came to the house of David, and it was in a very horrible way. You remember that story. Bathsheba came to David's house in a very difficult uh, way, and yet we see her here as a woman of integrity and, and virtue and godliness. And in chapter 31, she is giving very direct instruction and wisdom to Solomon on what a godly woman and mother looks like. So start reading with me at verse 25. Speaking of this godly woman, she says, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, listen, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So the question, I think, as we look at these verses this morning is, um, he sa says in verse 29, Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. So what kind of mother surpasses them all? What kind of mother stands out, right? Now, we've all seen mothers who stand out for the wrong reasons. Ladies, can anybody here, here confess you maybe have been the mother who stood out for the wrong, maybe at the ballpark, maybe at, you know, one of those. Have you ever watched an episode of Dance Moms, that sort of thing, right? Ladies, don't be that. That's a bad deal. Those are bad examples. We've all known mothers who stood out for the wrong reasons, but what does the mother look like who stands out for the right reasons? And I think in these uh, five verses that we see here, five or six verses we see here, three, three things come to mind, three qualities, if you will, that I want us to notice. I'm going to tell you all three of them right here at the front, and then we'll, we'll unpack them as we go. Here are the three things I think that cause a mother and a woman to stand out. The first is this, there's godliness in her walk. There is wisdom and kindness in her words, and there is faithfulness in her work. I'm going to leave that up for just a minute if you want to take a picture of that or write that down. There's godliness in her walk, wisdom and kindness in her words, and faithfulness in her work. And the reason I want to give you all, all three of these up front is because I think it's important to See that these things, these things didn't just simply appear out of thin air into her life, but rather they are the result of something. These three things came from one greater thing. And the greater thing we see in verse 
30. Look again at verse 30 of Proverbs 31. It says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And what we see is that this mother who stood out among all the rest feared the Lord. What does that mean? It means that she had a thriving relationship with God that she made the priority of her life. She made her relationship with God the priority of her life, which then set the priority for everything else in her life. It says she feared the Lord. Now, that's a phrase that is looping around constantly through the book of Proverbs, right? It just surfaces back over and over. I want you to hear some of the things that the book of Proverbs teaches us, some of the things that come when we fear the Lord. Listen to this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It says, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord prolongs life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. These are all in the book of Proverbs. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. The fear of the Lord is better than great treasure. In the fear of the Lord, there is strength to turn away evil. The fear of the Lord is rewarded with honor. So when, when we understand that this this woman and this mother feared the Lord, that she made her relationship with God the priority of her life. It positions us then to know how she lived her life out uh, with virtue and faith and standing out among her peers. So, ladies, I think the first thing that I would want you to know this morning is that your success as a mom, as a wife, as a godly woman is not built on your best effort. It is not built on the latest experts' advice or books. It isn't built on the well-meaning advice of your good friends. It is built on your relationship with Jesus. That is the foundation. And as that thrives, every other area is going to thrive as well. So with that in mind, with this idea that everything we see from Proverbs 31, this, everything we see from this, this woman, this mother is built on the fact that she feared the Lord and had this thriving relationship with the Lord. Let's unpack those three things. And then I, the first thing I think we see of the mother who fears the Lord is that there's godliness in her walk. Look at verse 25. It says, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. I love that. I love that. This means that when you look at her, what you notice, what you see is strength and dignity. This is what she's wrapped in, if you will. What, so what does that look like? What does it mean to be clothed in strength and dignity? Is this some sort of uh, self-made uh, co confidence or strength or some sort of prideful confidence? I, I think this is the result of having prioritized her relationship with God. There is strength and dignity that is a natural consequence of fearing the Lord, which is to say this, that the strength and dignity that adorns a mother who stands out is not something she can robe herself in. Now think about that for a moment, ladies. Let's, I, I just want all of you to be honest with me. It's just us girls, so let's talk about it. Anybody else acknowledge that you've tried to robe yourself in your own strength and dignity, right? You wanted to, to portray a strength that maybe wasn't 
real or that you didn't even feel confident you had or you wanted to put forward a, a measure of character or dignity that you really didn't feel confident in. And listen, that ain't just for the ladies. That ought to identify with everybody in this room. And, and what I think we see from Proverbs 31 is the strength and dignity that causes us to stand out, that causes us to surpass them all. It's not something we can robe ourselves in, but rather it is a godly covering that comes from having been in the presence of the God who sets the definition for strength and dignity. That, that's, that's where that robe comes from. She's clothed in strength and dignity. And this is that godly covering. And I think the reason you're going to see that strength and dignity, the reason we see them wrapped in that is because she is going to be walking in the presence of the Lord. You're going to know she's been with God. I think she's going to walk in the strength that comes from the Lord, which, by the way, is where real strength come from, comes from. Isaiah 40 teaches us that the Lord is the one who gives power and strength to the weak. And then it says, I, I think we're going to see her walk with confidence in the Lord. So one of the things that stood out to me is that phrase where it says, and she laughs at the time to come. That's just a little bit weird. You think, what does that mean? She's laughing at the time to come. But what a great way to say that she doesn't worry about the uncertainty of the future. Now, I envy that. I'm going to be honest with you. That feels like something I would really love to do well. Just laugh at what I don't know, right? I just, I just feel like that's, that's amazing. She laughs at the time to come. But why would that be? Is it because the future has nothing that we should be concerned about? No. There's plenty to be concerned about. It's... it's it's because there is a confidence that she carries that comes from walking with God. Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. So if there's anyone in here other than me that battles anxiety about the uncertainty of the future, this lady in Proverbs 31 teaches us that it is the fear of the Lord that wages war against that anxiety. She laughs at the time to come. So there's godliness in her walk. Here's the second thing I think we see. There's wisdom and kindness in her words. Look at verse 26. It says, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Now, what does the proverb say multiple times? That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? The th come on now. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom, right? And it says that this lady we read, she fears the Lord. And listen, she fears him and walks with him in such a way that it shapes her words and controls her tongue. Now, ladies, parents, all of us, let's just let's be honest for just a minute. There are times uh, when you're tired, right? It's, it's the evening. Um, you, your, your filter is broke smooth in half. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, they've gotten up for the ninth time for a reason that they didn't really need to get up. And all you really want is to, for them to stay in the bed. And, and it's in that moment, right? You're at your wit's end. They've cried for the 10th time. They've, and you're just exhausted. Everybody think about 
that moment. Because every parent knows that moment. Now, let me ask you. By the way, those are the moments that get me. (laughs) Those are the ones. Oh, those are the ones right there. Those are the ones that usually end with dad having to go and have an apology conversation with his children. But the question is, what in that moment is going to control your tongue? What in that moment is going to put wisdom and kindness in your words? And the answer is the fear of the Lord and the time that you've spent with the Lord. Listen, I can fake it for a while. I really can. I can fake it for a while, but I want you to hear me say this. The genuineness of my wisdom and kindness and the perseverance of my wisdom and kindness is completely dependent upon the faithfulness of my walk with Jesus. Okay? The genuineness of my wisdom and kindness and the perseverance, how long it lasts, the perseverance of my wisdom and kindness is completely dependent upon my faithfulness of my walk with Jesus. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, what did he say? He said, out of the overflow of the heart, what happens? Your mouth is going to speak, which means what? Eventually, my mouth is going to tell on me. Eventually, my mouth is going to reveal what's in my heart. And I think what Bathsheba is teaching Solomon is that this mother, this woman who fears the Lord has wisdom and kindness in her words because she has a thriving relationship with the Lord in her heart. I will tell you, this is one of the reasons I am very, very thankful for the ladies that I get to work with here at New Beginnings for Amy and Liz and Brittany and Jessica, because I can tell you that most of the time they have wisdom and kindness in their words. They really do. I trust them. I, 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 I like their thoughts and their input when it comes to ministry and church and, and our people because they have wisdom and kindness in their words. And I learn from them. And, and the reason that that gives me confidence is because I know that when I hear that wisdom and I hear that kindness in their words, it is a declaration that they have been with the Lord. That's what it declares. And that's what Bathsheba is teaching Solomon. Saying you want a woman who has wisdom and kindness in her words. When you find that, that's evidence that she's fearing the Lord and she's been with God. So there is a wisdom and kindness in her words. Here's the third thing I want you to see. So there's godliness in her walk. There's wisdom and kindness in her words. And then there is faithfulness in her work. Look at verse 27. It says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. It says this mother was faithful to her work. Now we know from earlier in Proverbs 31, if, if you read this entire chapter, what you find out was this lady was a savvy, ferocious businesswoman. She was successful in her career, and yet she recognized the priority of caring for those that God had entrusted to her in her home. And I think we see that um, because she feared the Lord. She was able to, listen, she was able to leverage her career to be a blessing to her home. That's what we see. 
listen, I will tell you this. This is unbelievably hard to do. It is unbelievably hard. And I think what Bathsheba is teaching Solomon is that whether a woman and mother um, stays home and is, a, is full-time in that area or goes to work and does that, whether no matter what they do, works outside the home, works in the home, the woman who fears the Lord is going to prioritize the home and is faithful to what God has called her to do. And ladies, I know that for many of you, God has called you to be a stay-at-home mom. For many of you, God has called you to uh, be a mom and work outside the home. And the question is not which of these is right. The question is, what has God called me to in this season? And am I being faithful to that call? That's the question. What has God called me to in this season? And am I being faithful in that call? I will tell you for Carrie and I, we've experienced both of these seasons. We've gone through seasons where the call on her life was to be at home with our children. We're in a season now where God has called her to uh, work outside the home. The question is not which is right, right and which is wrong. Don't ever get caught up in that. The question is, what is God calling you to do? And are you walking in that? Am I prioritizing my relationship with God in such a way that there is godliness in my walk? Do people see the strength and dignity of the Lord in my life? Is there wisdom and kindness in my words? And am I being faithful to the work God has called me to? So this all begins with our relationship with Jesus, with fearing the Lord, with prioritizing him and allowing him to prioritize everything else in our life. And so listen, it's with that in mind, because I do not pretend to be an expert at being a mom. I'm just not, I just, I'm not the expert in the field on this. So I want to bring a couple of ladies up to help me think through this. I want to ask them some questions and they're both super excited about it. I want to ask Julie Heflin to come up and my wife, Carrie, you guys welcome them as they come on up. All right. So I am uh, excited because I feel like I'm asking a couple of pros right here, all right, about what some of these things look like. And so, Julie, I want to start with you. And here's the first question I want to ask you. So we talk about prioritizing our relationship with God um, and, and making that kind of the, the first thing. And, and so how do you then, as a wife, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a full-time educator, how do you keep your relationship with God the priority of your life? How do you do that? Well, I certainly don't have it all figured out, but um, I do believe that that is the most important thing that a mother can do. Uh, you start with yourself, and then you teach your children. Um, now, you know, um, it's a little easier for me. To, uh, our kids are 35, 33, and 30. And so I do start you know, making it a priority in the mornings, uh, the Bible study and prayer time. Yeah. Um, just because of, you know, the love God has for me and mm -hmm. return my love to him. But, you know, when the kids were little, that was hard. Mm -hmm. um, the getting up in the middle of the night. and um, So that just wasn't our house? That happened at your house too? Okay. <laughs> that, that can be frustrating. But in those years, God showed me don't be frustrated about no mm. time, you know, the carving out a set amount of time for myself. Um, but just pray through the day for them. Mm. That's good. You know, as I'm bathing them or as I'm feeding them, 
developed through the years. It's mm. just an automatic one. Mm. And just knowing, that. you know, his word, being in the word, and knowing um, within scripture, and he'll recall scripture to me throughout mm. the day, and whether it's a praise or um, something I'm concerned about, and um, just claiming his promises. Mm. And, you know, that comes from knowing, you know, being in the word. Yeah. Um, Communication with him was so important, and even you know to develop a relationship with anybody, it's communication. You have to mm-hmm. communicate. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Um, wait, I took my notes. Let me see. Uh, being involved with yeah. other believers, like mm. and in the church, and just the support and the encouragement we get from from you guys. Yeah. And then back to. Oh, When I asked Julie to do this, a certain look came across her face like, I don't think so, Pastor. I said, I don't mind teaching my kindergartners and my second graders, you know, being in front of them, but I just am pretending like y'all are in kindergarten. So, um, feels right. I love that. I, lo- I love that thought of even, even when you don't have time and you have to do the things that are time robbers, you can pray for. I love that. I love that. So, all right, Carrie, the other thing we kind of saw in the Proverbs 31 woman was she really did seem to prioritize her home, right? And so, um, and, and just that calling God had given her for the people that he had entrusted to her. So how do you then, as a wife... Uh, of an amazing husband and uh, a mother of, who said that? And um, a mother and a full-time educator and all those things. How do you then prioritize family and work? How does that work in your heart? Well, I think the theme of our answers are going to be, we don't do it well. And um, that's because most moms always, there's always another rung to climb or in another place that we want to be. And I think some of that is because just by nature, we are visionaries, um, uh, all women. I, I think when you wake up in the morning, there's always something, you know, hopefully um, that you see um, as a vision out before you. And so I know for, for us a minute ago, I told the kids that you stole my answer. Um, when, you, when you said that throughout our, the different ages and stages of our kids, my, um, my contribution to our family has looked very different. And, you know, when they were born and when, when they were younger, um, I want to say that the Lord blessed us in a way that, we, that I could stay home with them. And that was something that I felt called specifically in our family to do. Um, it, but he also gave Matt the kindness and me maybe the, the patience to do without a lot of things. Um, to make that happen. Mm. Um, I do believe that if, if I wasn't called to that, there would have been a certain angst in mm. our home that just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he knew what our kids needed and what our home needed, 
um, he called me to that. And so then as they got older, um, he started shifting my heart in a new direction. And he shifted it um, toward education and, and toward being able to bring a meaningful salary home. And, and now they were growing up and we needed other things. And so the big thing for me is, while I don't believe that I, that I do it well all of the time, um, it is so helpful that our kids see what I do as an investment. Hmm. And I think that that comes really from you valuing it. Um, you tend to value my contribution to home. And one of the ways that you do that um, is by helping, by, by seeing that our home is very much a joint effort. And so it's, it makes the load easier on me um, to balance both. Hmm. And I, I guess my point there is it really can't all be, <laughs> men, <laughs> it can't really all be um, heaped on one person. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I admire about you, and we've been married 20, almost 21 years, and uh, anniversary, June 5th, guys. I only have to remember one, Solomon, 700. And so uh, <laughs> one of the things that I admire about you, though, is this ability that you have to keep <clears throat> kindness in your words, wisdom and kindness in your words. And uh, I think I'm always fairly confident that I have wisdom in my words, but sometimes lack the kindness. At least that's what my children tell me. And so um, how, how do you then um, position yourself? What are the things that you do? What, is the, what are you telling yourself? What are you recalling? What is, what, how do you position yourself to keep that wisdom and kindness? Because I think most parents know what the right thing is. But how do you keep that kindness in your words? Well, I feel very passionate about this um, because our children are not just little people walking around the world and that's who they're going to be forever. And so outside of a thriving or in addition to a thriving relationship with the Lord where he informs my thoughts, he informs my words, he informs the way I communicate, one thing that um, I've always kept in the forefront is my children are not going to be children forever. Um, they, are, they are very quickly growing up. They are all, two out of the three are taller than I am, um, fat, way faster, all three of them probably, way faster than I am. Um, and they are, one by one, they're, they're starting to leave me. <laughs> it makes me really sad. But um, so, so the thing that I've always just kept in front of me is, this question right here. And I think it's worth moms, dads, bosses, everyone, this is a very important question. When my children are 25 years old, how do I want them to relate to me when they come back to my house? How do I want them to communicate with me? Um, how do I want them to see me? How do I want them to interact with me? Do they want to call me a couple of times a week. What is that vision? What is that going to look like today? Well, today, if it looks like demeaning, if it looks like um, nagging excessively, maybe some is okay, but if it looks like um, disrespect, mm -hmm. then one day I'm going to reap 
disrespect. I'm going to reap um, ignoring. I'm not going to be called on. Those are the things that, um, that I'm hopefully sowing today are the things that as they get older, um, I'm just banking on that, that we'll reap. Yeah, so. that's good. So, Julie, we, when we looked at Proverbs 31, it says she was clothed in strength and dignity. I just think that is such a cool phrase. But I, I, I want to hear from you. What does it mean to you as a mom, as a grandmother, to be clothed in strength and dignity? What, what does that mean to you when you read those strength words? Strength and dignity, um, clothed in God, godly character, mm. Mm. And walking in that strength, uh, in that power daily, mm-hmm. and um, free, you know, walking freely mm. like that. And then, um, like dignity, worthiness, walking mm. in um, the worthiness because of what Jesus did mm. for me. Yeah. And knowing that my sins are forgiven. And I believe this leads to joy and peace in our lives. And we mm. walk in that, and we don't have to worry about the yeah. We trust in him and, and we um, conduct ourselves in a way that brings honor mm. and glory to him and to the calling that he has on our lives. Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right, this is my favorite question I've been excited about asking both of you. I want both of you to answer. And that is, what is it that you know now that you wish you could go back and tell brand new mom or mom-to-be Julie and Carrie, what, what is it that you know now that you wish you knew then? Julie, you go first. Relax. <laughs> Let God be God. Okay. He's big enough. He's in control. He can handle it. He's called me to do a part. Mm. He's invited me to have a part in it. Mm. And um, my part is just the very best mothering in faith. Relax and submit. I love that. Yeah. Still do my part, and he's called me to do. Mm. 
Yeah. And also just realize that the season is short. Mm. Beginning of yeah. the middle of the night. It really is a short season. Yeah. Uh, and just to treasure those moments yeah. in your heart. Yeah. Um, because being a mom is um, one of the greatest ministries mm. that you can have. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've been so blessed to be able I love that. I love that. Carrie, if you could go back to when those three over there were itty bitty bitty or not even on the planet, what uh, what would you want? What you know now, what would you want to go back and tell yourself then? Um, I I really remember when Kelsey um, was born. She was our first, and she was probably that three month mark. and I was very proud of the fact that I had already gotten her to sleep through the night because, you know, that is completely dependent upon me. And, <laughs> um, and, but I was still tired. She started getting teeth early. I was not prepared for that. And so I remember um, women who, were, who had kids a little further along than me would say the same phrase that you all say. It goes by what? So fast. So fast. And I just remember the sinking feeling of this is working for everyone but me. <laughs> this is not going by fast. But the, the, um, I found quickly that while the days are long, the months and the years are short. Um, one, one particular day that was really, really, really long, it was the day that never ended, um, in the week that never ended, was when my boys were about three years old. Um, this is a little bit of payback, by the way. When they were about three years old, I had had a, a very difficult week mothering-wise, and or year, they're, they're, when they were three. And I walk in um, to the, Kelsey came and got me from my bedroom and said, Mommy, Mommy, come here, Clayton, Clayton. And I walk into the kitchen. <laughs> mm. Mm. And he had, has anybody ever had a beagle? Anybody in here? Or, or petted pet a beagle? Their, their hair is kind of coarse, um, and it's difficult to get greasy things out of. And I walk into the kitchen to Clayton Daniel Darby with a stick of butter in his hand, licking it and bathing Coach with it, our little beagle. Mama, I, I, I bathe Coach, Mama. I bathe... And, he was covered in lit butter. And it was one of the lowest points up until that point of my life. Um, because just about three hours earlier, Matt said the infamous phrase that just shot me to the ground every morning, which was, see you in a few minutes. As he jotted off to work. And I knew that a few minutes was actually 240. 40 of them, and I was not happy about it. And so, um, anyway, it was it was a lot of work, mm. um, but it was a short time. And as they, as Julie said, and as I'm starting to feel, as they get older, the days really are short um, or long, but the the months and the years are so short. And we have a a specific time frame to invest in them. And that, if the Lord has saw fit to make us a mom, that is our first priority. And we are so grateful for it. Yeah, I love that. You guys help me thank Carrie and Julie.
I will tell you, I, I hope that every mom has the opportunity to walk into your kitchen and your three-year-old is sharing a stick of butter with your dog and uh, because that's just a blessing that lets you know that you're alive right there. And uh, well, listen, I, ladies, I, I, I want to tell you, I really do hope that God's word has been encouraging to you today. I want you to know that you are loved. We appreciate you. We love you. We could not do this without you. And so we're going to pray. And, and uh, then I've got some closing uh, instructions that I want to give you. But if you are sitting near your mom or somebody like that, I just want you to be sure you can touch her and, uh, let her, and, and as you pray for her and we close in prayer. Just uh, be near uh, your mama right now. Lord, I love you. I thank you for every mom in this room and every lady in this room. And Lord God, for the investment that they have made, are making, or will make, God, to, um, to just pour uh, your wisdom and your knowledge into our families and our children. And God, I thank you for um, the calling that you have on their life, Father, to, um, to love uh, their families and prioritize them uh, in a unique way, God, that you created for only them to do. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen them today, encourage them today, give them new joy in the calling that you have on their life today. And uh, Father, we just submit to you and we love you. We thank you for your word and we thank you for Jesus and we pray in his name. Amen.